1: Hello and welcome to Spiritual Insights everyone. I am Charlotte Spicer, executive producer and host of the show, Energetic Healer and Channel for Yeshua. Thank you so much for tuning in from the United States and around the world. Today we continue our Masterclass Educational Series, Guidance from Spirit, Channeled Messages from Beyond the Veil, with Mother Mary, the Ascended Being who gave birth to Jesus, the Christ child in her last lifetime. Joining me is my special guest co-host Danielle Gibbons, full body channel for Mother Mary since 1994. After a brief discussion, Danielle will allow Mother to come through to share her loving guidance for the human journey. Danielle has connected people worldwide with mother's grace through life changing courses retreats and online events, including pre recorded and live streamed discourses and meditations on YouTube. At mother Mary channel, you are personally invited to participate in these events with Danielle and mother to expand your consciousness. For details about mother's annual school of love and immersion with mother to help you transform your self worth and other upcoming events visit BelovedPublications.com. Their book, Mother Mary's Pathway to Love, is also available. To learn more about my healing work and experience the channel transmission with the Divine Team, explore SpiritualInsightsRadio.com. Well, I'm excited to get started. As always, it's my favorite day of the month, the second Wednesday of the month. Welcome back, Danielle. Good to see you.
0: Thank you so much, Charlotte. It is so wonderful to be here with you and all your glorious listeners. Thank you for having me.
1: Always. So how are you doing?
0: I'm doing well, thanks. I appreciate you asking. Uh, My son is graduating from high school this (gasps) week, so I am so excited. I'm so proud of him and so excited. And I tell you, it has been He's also, he's one of us. He's a highly sensitive person. And um, so COVID has been, uh, was very difficult for him, the whole pandemic with school. And so it's a little, little miracle, little mini miracle that he's graduating. So I'm just so grateful.
1: Yeah, I know that about him. Well, then I'll say this. Congratulations to your son, but also happy anniversary to you. Thank you. <laughs> it's our anniversary again.
0: Oh my gosh, is it? Six wow, years. this just comes back so fast. Happy anniversary to you, my dear. Thank, Thank you.
1: Thank you. Yep, six years now. Wow, six years. Six years worth of material that has just been glorious. Conversations between yep. the two of us that continue to inspire me. It's just... Um, Agreed. Very it's amazing nice. to look back at and see how life shifted and changed and evolved and look at a snail, I
0: know. you know,
1: look at what we're doing. I mean, on my team, I'm channeling 15 different beings and archangels and fantastic.
0: Yes. So tell me, how are you, my dear? How am I? Well,
1: I am smiling through the identity crisis and avoiding love songs on the radio <laughs> And I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm hanging in there. Yeah. I have to tell you, you remember a few months ago we mentioned this ahead of time, and then I neglected to bring it up. Oh, and you had you had your hiatus. We're going to do a uh, a hiatus for Danielle every year during School of Love to ease up her workload. Um, but during that time, we had our Earth retrograde. It yes. was tough. It was a yes. tough one. I could feel the slowdown Mm. and it was at a time when i was trying to hurry up
0: (laughs) so yeah yeah
1: that was difficult but it's over now and things have smoothed out but there's other alignments and planetary stuff and energies that are having everybody feeling very sluggish a lot like me sluggish lethargic tired uh foggy headed needing more sleep um and it's funny because i'll even run into strangers in supermarkets And they'll tell me how they said, you know what, I woke up yesterday and decided I'm just going to do a complete day of self-care.
0: Yes, I've heard that from a lot of people and I've been feeling the same way. My, my, uh, yeah, my get up and go is not really, not really very present right now. It's like, ah, I'll read another chapter and, you know, then I'll do it in in an hour. It's been that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what I did notice, though, I'm still feeling sluggish and all that. It's a little better, a little better than it was. What I noticed was a shift. Um, And and I'm also I'm also going to I'm going to redo School of Love and go through it again. So so I know that's going to be helpful. But I, I felt this shift. And it's one of those things where you feel this energy in your gut coming up.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's
1: definitely like a second chakra thing. And so I can feel this energy coming up and I noticed it, but then the ideas start to come. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I looked at it and it's definitely creative energy. It's palpable second chakra energy. So I dug out my Yamaha piano and I set it up and wiped it down and I'm gonna sit finally. And I can tinker but i'm going to sit and teach myself how to play piano i'm going to rely on my nine year education in a performing arts school yeah. revisit all my music theory materials and because that was my heartbeat. the yeah. music That was my life, it really was and just because I had some bad experiences doesn't mean I can't feel the joy of it.
0: Exactly. That is so powerful. That is so powerful. I I agree. And I'm just going to circle back to a little about what we were talking about before we started that perfectionism. You're, You're just describing that the way perfectionism interrupts our joy yeah. You know, it's almost like it tells me, well, well, you can't write or play the piano or sing if you're not going to be a singer or if you're not going to, you know, start a YouTube channel and sing or you're not going to get books published. Like there's no, there's often not room for just doing something because you enjoy doing it, period. Exactly. And I know that a lot of people who have hobbies, don't struggle with this, but a lot of us do. And, uh, it's that perfectionism, yeah. you know, if I can't be a singer superstar, then I'm not going to sing a note, you know, I'm just not going to sing at all. And I mean, I know that's an extreme example, but it's, but it's
1: my example.
0: Yeah. Because, Almost.
1: It, it actually, it was people kept attacking me. Mm. Bad things kept happening every time I opened up my mouth to sing. I, the last time I was attacked by a Catholic priest. Oh and I said, You know what? This does nothing but bring me trouble. Mm. What I did, but that was wrong, was I stopped singing and I shut down my throat chakra. Oh. And within two years, wound up having to have major throat surgery.
0: <gasps> oh mm-hmm. my God. And it was
1: never the same again after that. Oh. You know, I could still turn a few heads, but it didn't feel the same.
0: Right. It didn't have the it didn't
1: have that free flow, Mm. Um, but that's the one thing. And and maybe I'll just, you know, sing a few ditties along with it, but it's a good way to to spend time with myself.
0: Yes. Without
1: analyzing myself all the time. Right. And you just what we were talking about, ladies and gentlemen, before the show was I had an interesting experience because um, perfectionism keeps coming up. Um, Mothers had to. Uh, kind of pulled me back a few times. I, I, I Regrettably, she had to get strong with me. That one time she had to raise her voice at me, but I know she knows how much I can take and that's what I needed. But she said I had to stop with the perfectionism. And so I limited, in my understanding of perfectionism, I limited it to grammar, punctuation, and spelling, but it goes far beyond that. And that's what Danielle and I were talking about before we started taping was how it, it really impacts other areas of your life. Like if it can't be what I want, then I just won't do it.
0: Exactly. exactly. And
1: and so what I what I named this document, I printed up what I figured out and the title I gave it was How Perfectionism Stops the Flow of Joy. Mm. And you basically just said that. So I wanted to point yep. that out. The other thing I'm doing or I'm about to embark on is I've always had this interest all my life But I didn't take steps toward learning how to do it or cultivating a skill. And lately, I feel like I already have the skill in me to do this. And what I did a few years ago was I bought some tools to work with wood. And there's been this drumbeat of I want to work with wood. I want to work with wood. I want to channel my inner Jesus, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I can do it. Like, I feel capable. It it can't be that hard come on you just need a few things, and you can even if it's just birdhouses I don't care. Right yeah even if it's just birdhouses I could build a little condominium (laughs) and you know get enjoyment out of that, but to work with my hands be creative and let that flow out of me. Is Mm -hmm. the most important thing, so I have some tools I can use, I I might need a few more, but I now have supply of wood and I can get some books on Amazon on woodworking projects and YouTube. Watch some videos and I'll be good to go. What's interesting is I don't feel the slightest bit intimidated by it. Oh. The intimidation is gone. Like, you know, I want to do something, but the fact that I don't know how yet would always get in the way.
0: Yes. And I'm
1: I'm such a perfectionist that
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm the kind of person, especially when I was young, the first time I tried something, I usually nailed it. Mm. And to have to practice at something or learn or have a learning curve can be sometimes uncomfortable for me. Yes, as you get older, you you know, you get over yourself. You have to learn how to do it before you do it. But but that's interesting to note that I can feel this confidence about working with wood, build myself a little table, all these little projects I have saved up to do and just never did. Um, and these are some of the things I saved out of my storage unit. Oh, that's
0: wonderful. Yeah. And, and I, I tell you that one thing can really contribute to creating to the creation of perfectionism when you do have, you know, if you're somewhat gifted artistically and athletically and, you know, you're just one of those people that kind of off the couch, you either nail it or you're at least pretty darn good at it the Mm -hmm. first time you try it. When you do find something that you want to do and that you're not great at, um, you end up kind of avoiding it and just keep continuing to go to those things that are easy that you're good at right away. And then it's hard to build up that, that resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost better to maybe not excel at certain, a lot of things so that you just come, you are raised, you know, within yourself, recognizing that, If you want to master something or you want to get good at it, you know, you're gonna have to put effort into it and time. And you know, kids that don't have to do that, they start avoiding the things that are hard and only gravitating towards what's easy. But then when you get out of like grammar school and high school, you're there's not much call to involve yourself in you know dodgeball and you know if you're just great at you're the one that's great at dodgeball without any practicing it's like once you graduate you're not really going to be playing dodgeball very much so all of a sudden you're faced with all these things as a mature young adult out in life that you have no experience with and you keep avoiding and avoiding and avoiding um and you don't get, you don't get anywhere. You know, it's, it's a, and, and I'm saying this all because I was also one of those people. Oh, artistically, athletically, pretty much off the couch. I was like setting records in grammar school, middle school, high school, you know, it was just like easy. Well, so much was easy for me. Academically it was pretty easy for me. And then after high school, all of a sudden with all this other stuff in life, uh, it was not easy, and I kept avoiding everything, looking for that easy thing, you know, yeah. that I was really talented at. But the stakes are so much higher, you know, when you go from, say, you know, being really great in college or high school to professional level, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever arena that is, and the jump can depending on where you grew up. Like me in the south, where education was horrible. That jump can be a a really big one and incredibly intimidating. And, you know, I just developed this perfectionism as a defense. You know, Mm. if I can't be great at it, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to start at the bottom. I don't want to start at square one. I want to start at least halfway or more into it. And if I can't, I'm just not going to bother. Right. And uh, that right. was my defense against my fear, my fear of starting at square one or being new or, yeah, it was and, crazy.
1: And let's not neglect to mention, worrying, for me, worrying about what other people think.
0: Oh, my God, that was massive, massive. Well, yeah. what,
1: are, what are they going to do? Laugh at me? You know what I mean? I don't know, whatever the situation is. But, it's, but I think it boils down to, and I know COVID helped many of us do this, yep. to look within. And look at those things we either discarded or disowned me. I disowned the singing. I disowned the music. Mm -hmm. Um, I really shut it down. And it was nothing more than self-punishment because I didn't like the way people responded. I didn't like the way they responded, and I didn't know. I didn't think to maybe just keep it to myself, just keep it in the house. You don't have to be on stage. it, It didn't matter. But, um, and playing the violin was another one of those things. I was good at that. It made me happy. I quit because the teachers were fighting over me and saying they needed me over here for orchestra or string orchestra, or, or I want you to do a solo. Mm-hmm. Then when they found out I could sing, it's all oh, we need you over here for concert choir and we want you to do a solo. Right. And they wouldn't work with me. Oh. They, I would get in trouble with the other teacher for listening to what the other teacher said with one because I listened to the principal instead of the you know orchestra leader and I said you know what you people are making me make this choice yeah but I'm not going to be in the middle of this anymore and you're forcing me you know I can't manage you the only thing I can manage is putting putting this violin down and not playing it anymore that's where you're putting me
0: that's heartbreaking
1: and that's what I did and I've missed it almost every day since so who says I can't go and pick up a nice three quarter size violin
0: and try to
1: get into the groove again. But the last last thing is writing, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: to be a singer who doesn't sing, a writer who doesn't write. Honestly, up up to this point, I haven't had a whole lot to say on paper. Despite repeated requests to journal my feelings. I didn't want to express my feelings. (laughs) You know what I mean? But now I'm feeling with the shift that maybe the words can flow now. Mm. So we'll see. But yeah, so anyway, I thought it was significant and I wanted to bring that up and uh, I'll have, I'm having fun looking through my sheet music and.
0: That is wonderful. That not is for wonderful. anyone else but me. Yes, yes, that is fantastic. Love it. <laughs>
1: Maybe I'll check out the Philadelphia Philharmonic and see what they're up to and if they have any openings, we'll see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Anyway, so, um, the interesting thing about today is we have no topic. We just won that. (laughs) Because that's what's in the front of my mind. And I like to self assess before we do a segment together. But um, we have no topic. And it's a mystery subject. But I don't know. Um any guesses, Danielle? And I'm I'm wondering since perfectionism is like in my face flashing. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe yes, may maybe be. that's
1: a component. It <laughs> may very well be. About.
0: It may very well be. I don't I honestly don't know. Shall <laughs> we shall we dive in?
1: Yeah, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, um, it's, it's totally out of my hands. I have no control here.
0: <laughs> okay, bring her in. Well, the nice thing is, is <laughs> it isn't live. So, you know, you have the power of delete. <laughs> I do. As I... the executive producer, you have the power of delete, my dear. So mm-hmm. you... And who
1: shall say, I am not the happy genius of my podcast. Okay. Exactly, exactly. I've got editing skills. You know how I got those skills. I figured out how to do it and I practiced it. There you go. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't do too bad. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Okay. All right. my dear. <laughs> See you when you there come you back, Danielle. Okay. <clears throat>
0: Mm. Hello, beloved one.
1: Hello, mother.
0: Mm. It is wonderful to be here with you today and with all your beautiful listeners. Mm.
1: Mm. Yes, wonderful to see you.
0: So, our mystery topic today. is about embracing grief. Oh, okay. So I want to talk a little bit about feelings in general or emotions, right? So when I talk about feelings, it's a broad subject, a big umbrella that encompasses all sensation. So there are your five senses. Those are feelings. You are stimulating your nerves. You are experiencing stimulus, sensation, feeling. It can be mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, energetic. But let's talk a little bit about emotions today. And this topic goes well with the subtopic of perfectionism, right? if you look at the outcome that happens when you practice perfectionism, basically it is repression of certain aspects of self. Perfectionism is a defense. And you and Danielle touched on that earlier when you talked about if you can't do it great and really wonderfully, you don't do it at all. But ultimately that is to save you from the reactions of others. And you gave some examples of some bad experiences you had in the fine arts music realm from other people. And if you look at the experience itself that caused you say to put down your violin, there was a host of emotions that were happening at that time that you did not know how to process
1: right Mm -hmm.
0: so instead of feeling what you're feeling processing it in a healthy manner working through it in a way that is supportive to you you chose the next best way of coping was to put it down Right, So the perfectionism with that wasn't so much about how you played the violin, but it was the experiences surrounding your music. I kept getting in trouble. Yes. I was always in
1: trouble and I couldn't take it.
0: That's how it felt to you. But really... You were being exposed to other people's opinions, judgments, their emotions Mm -hmm. were being projected onto you, and you did not have the skills to manage your highly sensitive and empathic self, right? You didn't have the skills to manage your own feelings, your own emotions, Mm -hmm. let alone the feelings and emotions of others okay so the easiest as a young immature person the logical or easiest thing to do is to stop doing that thing right take yourself out of the equation so that is uh the perfectionism cannot it doesn't have to just be directly related to say playing the violin but it has everything to do with that and the circumstances surrounding it so when you say you know if I can't do it great uh, I'm not going to do it at all but that also includes the circumstances surrounding it so that Immature fantasy is if people aren't throwing rose petals at my feet and it's all easy, uh, smooth sailing, and um, then I'm not going to do it at all, regardless of how talented or not I am. So, perfectionism has broad applications in one's life but ultimately if you think of perfectionism as a way to protect yourself it is a defense Okay. and most often it is a defense against the judgments of others their reaction to whatever it is you're doing or in some cases not doing so When you practice perfectionism over a long period of your life, by its very nature, perfectionism requires repression, right? So all that musical talent that existed within you had to be slowly shut down, right? First was the violin and then it was the singing, right? It yes. has to be shut down. And then you, your, you and your body working in tandem in co-creation, you created sort of the ultimate shutdown with the problems in your throat, right? That you could not really come back from physically. So that was sort of your insurance policy. That just in case you were tempted to go back, now let's really shut the door on it for good, and then nail it shut for good measure. Right? So, wow, this is enormously common, beloved one. You are in the vast majority of people who do this, and because you all, most people are not raised with a healthy way to navigate feelings or they might get thrust into say, your example of a fine arts life and people who have high expectations of the young people that are, they are educating with music but you did not have the support at home to help you to navigate something that stressful. Because at that level, it's a little bit like training for the Olympics when you are a child, right? Yes. It's that same kind of expectation and uh, being challenged to get better and to grow and to really, uh, sometimes you are pushed So it's a different kind of environment, but if you don't have the family life or the adults, the healthy adults around you to help support you, to help you navigate your emotions through these kinds of experiences, then you have to be the one to come up with the defenses.
1: And that's what I was just thinking about in in both scenarios. Um, I did go to adults for advice that I trusted. They didn't have any advice for me. All they said was, if you if you stick with the violin, you'll be fine. And if you quit, you'll be fine. With the singing again, you know, something happened where I was propositioned. sexually again. And it was like the last straw and the adults around me didn't seem to be very interested in trying to help me navigate that either. It was how do I work this I don't have the skills. Like you said, I don't don't have the maturity I was 13. In the first example and 19 in in the, the last example. And so yes, I said, I can't, I don't have the wherewithal to navigate with people. When they want something i've got i and i i didn't know who to turn to or what to do so yeah i i guess i quit
0: advice is different than helping a young person navigate their emotions okay if you can help a young person navigate learn how to navigate their emotions if you can create a container for them to express their emotions, even if that's paying for therapy, right? So that they have a place they can go every week and to uh, talk about their feelings. That's different than advice. Because if you can navigate your feelings at any age, you will discover what is right for you. Mm. Because... Here's the problem with feelings or emotions. There is a catchy saying that feelings are not facts. So let's take the example of the sexual propositioning. That creates a maelstrom of feelings Mm -hmm. and emotions, brings up a lot of issues inside. And yet, the facts are that you can say no, unless of course you find yourself in a position where you are being physically forced, you can say no. The facts are you can uh, stick it out until you find people who are, have integrity that can represent you, that can help you in your career, even if that takes another 10 years. But the feelings tell you when they're so big and so tumultuous and so confusing and chaotic, they tell you you don't have choice. The overwhelm takes away the knowledge, the wisdom that you have choices. And when you don't have the support to navigate the emotions, you don't feel you have any choices. So people simply stop doing it. They give it up. They walk away. They shut it down because they don't know how to just feel their feelings and not let those feelings dictate their choices. So. I'm bringing all this up today because perfectionism and the repressive nature of it to defend you against imagined foes out in the world comes with a high price. And that price is the repression of your creative self, your bubbly self, your joyous self, uh, well, no matter how simple and small the joy is or big. You are repressing the energy that helps you to manifest your heart's desires. And when you have year after year or a decade after decade of this repression, there is so much grief. Yeah. And this grief when it is also not acknowledged and recognized and allowed to be expressed, can turn into anxiety and depression very easily. Yes. When you talk about playing your piano and singing for yourself, and working with wood or maybe going out and buying a violin and playing around with it and uh, having uh, some joy with that and doing it for yourself, that is how you reclaim those parts of yourself that you have suppressed and repressed. And when you repress parts of yourself, it's as if you are creating a divide within yourself. You're sort of putting that creative singer, uh, violin player self into a storage box. And then you put it on a high shelf somewhere in the back. Mm -hmm. Right. And. If that box stays unopened throughout the course of your life, you will, as the years roll on, you will pay a higher and higher cost. Sometimes that can be your actual physical health. Sometimes your mental health, your emotional health. And when you reclaim those parts of self. When you take them off the shelf and you open that box and you allow it to flow, you must do it for yourself. No matter what that part of you that you repressed Even if you imagine it doesn't have a practical application, maybe someone who is listening did not have a direct experience the way you did, Charlotte, right? An obvious thing. I was really good at the violin and then I stopped playing it. It could simply be that that person never allowed themselves to pick up the violin in the first place. Mm. Right? So There can be many people who are listening that have this, they've created the box, but at a very young age, because maybe their environment was completely non-supportive. So they had to take that creative energy and put it in a box very young and put it on a shelf very young.
1: So that's what goes in the box. It's the creative energy. Is Does willingness go along with that? Willingness to explore?
0: Curiosity, willingness, creativity. And you don't have to put it all in the box, right? Right. You all are very good at compartmentalizing. Yes, we are. Peeling off parts of yourself, the most dangerous parts, right? And, yet, and keeping trust enough to dabble or to, uh, you know, fit in well with uh, the population. Mm-hmm. But you put enough of it away that you feel its loss. You feel as if something is missing. So I bring this up today in this year, because as we move into the new age, most dynamically next year, the energy that is going to play out in the rest of 22 is repressed grief. Hmm and the pandemic is the sort of spoon that stirred the pot yes right? and brought a lot of that sediment up into the flow of your life right and this is not about feeling sorry for yourself genuine grief and self pity are very different self pity is another defense it's a sort of familiar habitual way that people fall into to avoid true grief So I'm going to share something, a little tidbit with you that I'm going to go into great depth at the retreat next week. A little something for all of you to think about and contemplate, maybe write about, meditate on. If you are someone That suffers from low self esteem, low self worth, or diminished self worth. You are someone that has one of these boxes in storage. You have put your creativity, you have put your curiosity, you have put certain parts of yourself in a box to defend against. judgments of others, you've put them on the shelf. And here's why that translates into diminished self-worth. For those of you that have suffered or still suffer from diminished self-worth, you know the pain of that. It is deeply painful, many of you feel it is a core wounding. It can be excruciating at times and debilitating at others. But here's what you may not know. Like self-pity, it is a familiar defense that you fall into so that you don't have to take that box down, explore it, open it up, grieve your way through it, feel all the genuine feelings that are there, and then take new actions. I'd go out and buy that wood and the Mm. tools you need and watch the videos in order to learn how to build a birdhouse or whatever you want to do in working with your hands. Low self-worth will help you avoid going out to the music store and purchasing a used violin and signing up for violin lessons or watching violin lessons online and getting back into that groove. Because when you put your creativity, your dreams, your heart's desires, your curiosity in that box and you put it on the shelf, that is what creates the diminished self-worth because you have in fact diminished your own worth. You have put a big chunk of your worth in a box and you put it away for safekeeping, but you cannot access it. So when you feel that lack of self-worth, something feels like it's missing because it is.
1: And it's been haunting me for 40 years.
0: Exactly. But what can happen is when things don't work out, You default, oh, it's because I'm not worthy.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Every Other other people get it, but I don't get it, right? Yes. Oh, I can't have that because uh, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I don't have enough of this or enough of that. But that is the smokescreen, right? That's the defense. If you keep defaulting to, oh, I just don't have enough, I'm not enough. Then you won't go find that box, take it off the shelf, open it up, and see what's inside. Because the pain of that lack of self-worth keeps you busy. It keeps you occupied. It holds your attention, it's what has weight. Your suffering from the lack of self-worth is real. It's real and you feel it and you can see the impact and all that impact holds your attention and the consequences of having low self-worth holds your attention so that you forget that you yourself put part of your worth in that box and put it on the shelf. And you don't acknowledge that, you don't pay attention.
1: Sometimes I would, I I didn't go really deep into it but I knew that I was the one to let's say, cut off my nose to spite my face. Mm. I knew that much. I, I can. I took it that far. And so many times over the years, it was, it would like, for, for instance, in pawn shops, I would always notice the violins. Yes. And I would always go look at the prices. And I would say, you should do that. That's mm. going to put something back where it belongs. Yes. And I didn't. And there's oh, oh, I can come up with so many excuses for why I didn't set up the piano. Well, there's no space, or I'll get on the neighbor's nurse. Excuses, all, all of these things. But when when that proposition happened when I was 19, it was that was a significant event where I was supposed to be on a national television show in my I guess I should explain to them. My manager propositioned me and said I had to do something sexual if I wanted to go on the show. And I said, no, I don't have to do that. I've actually got talent. And he said, have a nice life. And it devastated me. But the resounding thought and the gut feeling I had in the, in the few days that followed was without the support, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be vulnerable to people like that without the street smarts. And the I'm, I'm pretty tiny, I'm very petite. So people seen it saw me often as a victim, easy victim. Mm-hmm. And so I had certain factors working against me. So I always used my mind to try to navigate situations where I was being overpowered. But the feeling that came up from my gut was if you pursue this type of career that because I didn't know how to navigate the waters with so many sharks and snakes in it, that by the age of 25, I would commit suicide. Mm. And that's what I really wanted to avoid. I just didn't realize that it doesn't mean cut off your arm. It just means don't go in that direction. Avoid those types of people. But that I, so the best I came up with was, well, I want to live. I actually like myself and I like the you know who I am and and how I'm put together with in, in, intelligence and kindness and and creativity and everything that makes up me. I like all those things. And I really wanted to give this life a shot. Yes. And I didn't want to get into a position where it would be I can't do this and i was always so vulnerable and, and being vi- repeatedly victimized i wanted to give myself a chance to really use what i've been given by god yeah and so i said you know, spirituality and metaphysics is, is the way you need to go yes and that was and a fine made, decision
0: you made the absolute right choice in the moment because that was the very best you could do
1: yeah
0: But when you are struggling to navigate your emotions, and I'm using the word you, but of course, I mean everyone who is listening to this. There is that tendency that, well, if I'm not going to, there's the perfectionism. If I'm not going to earn a living, then I don't get to sing at all. Or, and this is the more subtle and perverse part of perfectionism that is often not talked about. That if things are difficult or there are these, as you just talked about, these kinds of roadblocks that seem impassable, somehow you are the problem. You have created this. You've done something wrong. Uh, You're not enough, right? You haven't done something right. And this is uh, what's coming back to you. This is your reward. So the punishment is then not to sing at all. Yeah. Right? Or not to play the violin at all. And... This is where perfectionism can become vicious to oneself. It is so vital, beloved ones, that you allow yourself to grieve. Whether the loss happened 40 years ago five minutes ago, a year ago, it doesn't matter. When you finally take that box off the shelf and start to open it up and explore what's inside, let yourself grieve. There have been decisions you made that that decision was the best you could do and It may very well have saved your life, but the decision then to not let yourself sing at all, the first one probably doesn't need to be grieved because it was the right choice for you. But the second choice, that's where the grieving is, right? That you cut yourself off so completely from something that brought you so much joy. No matter if a hundred people were listening or zero people were listening, it brought you joy. So I am encouraging all of you to uncover, unpack open up, explore, get curious about what you have inside of you that you need to grieve. Because the energy that is going to be moving through this year is very much about stirring up old grief that was never acknowledged, never allowed, never expressed, never processed. And remember that grief, genuine grief, is not self-pity. And I'll tell you how you know the difference. Grief feels, when you express it, when you feel it, it is a catharsis. You feel lighter. Inside, you feel lighter. Self-pity, you feel heavier. It feels as if you're spinning your wheels, that um, it, is a, it is adding to your burden rather than alleviating the burdens within your heart. And that is not to say, let me be very clear, beloved ones, that is not to say that the rest of uh, 2022 will be a veil of tears. No, no. It is quite simply a time of lightening the load the opportunity to release old burdens that um, they don't seem as though maybe they affect your day-to-day life so much, but it's all that stuff that's been boxed up on the shelves, just sitting around. That actually have more of an impact than you might believe. You don't get to bypass anything in life. You can postpone it, but you cannot bypass it. right? So if you had certain experiences and at the time you needed to box away that experience or the emotions that went with it, that's okay. That is part of life and survival and being human and making the best decisions you can at the time you make them, but they don't go away. Just because you have moved on in your mind doesn't mean you have moved on in your emotions. And the mind is masterful at creating the illusion that you have moved on when in fact you've just boxed it up and put it in storage. For me,
1: it seemed like for every day, every month, every year that went by since I did that, the pain increased. The further I got from that decision, the more it hurt and the more hollow I felt. And the attempts I made at bringing it back weren't very successful. And and maybe, if, you know, if I do it now, maybe I won't be as good as I was back then, because the throat surgery really interrupted my muscles. But, you know, maybe it'll do something I just, and here's another, it just occurred to me, this is another aspect of perfectionism, where I said, if I can't do it, like I used to do, I'm not going to do it at all. Oh, my goodness. Because when I would be up there or or even in my bedroom, you know, listening to it all by myself, didn't matter when, where, like you said, doesn't matter if anybody's even listening. You know that that phrase, the dancer becomes the dance. Yes. I became the song. I felt every note with my heart. And I swear, I felt God's presence. Mm. And that's what I pushed away. And it just feels like the biggest crime of my life.
0: Mm. You know? And yet, beloved, one of the great joys of being human and having free will is that you can pick up the violin, which does not require singing. Mm -hmm. So nothing was affected physically with the violin. Mm -hmm. You can pick that back up tomorrow, today. And you can reclaim that part of yourself. And after a few years... You may find that you are, in fact, as good as you were when you were a child. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That was pretty good.
0: <laughs> well, there's no reason why you cannot be again.
1: I but tell that's myself. My <laughs>
0: yes. And that is ultimately not really the point, because giving yourself the freedom To express yourself artistically it's not necessarily about having an audience right it can be a meditation it can be a prayer it can be your um, communion with god
1: that's that's what i want that's what i want back
0: then let yourself have it, my love.
1: Yeah, finally. Yes. And it's, it's not that I didn't think about it all the time. Yes. It's like I said, it, it's, it's haunted me. It's been such a big source of sadness and loss and grief. And I just, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't, I guess it's just further punishment from having done it in the first place.
0: Exactly, beloved. That's what it is. Yes. And when you box up part of your worth and put it on the shelf, the punishment is often what lingers. That is what becomes the habit.
1: And the terrible things you say about yourself to yourself.
0: Yes, because you are diminished. You are working off of less Shakti, less life force because you've walled off some of it, right? So you are diminished, you can feel it, but that doesn't mean that anyone outside of you is keeping part of yourself from you. Only you can do that. And I am not saying this in a sort of self-help context, that everyone should take down the walls. If you have had traumatic experiences and you needed to wall off parts of yourself for your own survival, when you start to dismantle those walls, when you start to take those boxes off the shelf and open them up, you may need to do that with a professional psychotherapist, a professional practitioner that can help you navigate all the emotions that you did not have someone to do when these events were happening. I am not advocating that you try to just read a book or listen to this uh, podcast or to watch a YouTube video and then get in there. Only you know the severity of the event and so only you know if you need help navigating and I don't just mean one appointment with someone but weekly ongoing help to dismantle those walls to unbox those feelings those emotions that grief But what I will say to you all is don't put it off. Because whether you feel it or not, the fact is you are worthy of wholeness. So your feelings are not facts, they are feelings powerful, important, necessary, but they are not facts. Sometimes they align with the facts. Sometimes they can lead you to the revelation of facts, but they in and of themselves are not facts. How you feel about an event is different than the factual elements That are contained within an event. Mm. Yeah. So when you start to untangle that, that's when you start to recognize that all these feelings of diminished self worth have no factual bearing on the choices you make. Mm -hmm. Right? But you allow them who have a lot of influence.
1: And what you said in your transmission last month helped tremendously to understand that feelings are separate from self-worth.
0: Correct. Correct.
1: That was Because your
0: self-worth is a fact. Right. It is not something that can be contested. You are all equally in worth. You are all equal in worth, right? That is a fact. But how you feel about your worth varies from person to person. That's why we cannot base, this is why your science is not based on emotion. Because emotions vary constantly from person to person, from event to event. So science is based on fact. Because facts can be replicated over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
1: Total sense. You need something solid to work with.
0: You do. Exactly, beloved. Exactly. The facts of life help you to navigate your world. The feelings add color and depth and uh, breadth of experience and connection and intimacy, right? Mm -hmm. But the foundation of facts, you have to have that to start. So if you all began from this moment, To just believe the fact that you are equal in worth to all people around you, whether they are the biggest celebrity or the homeless person on the street, it doesn't matter. All are equal in worth. How you feel about yourself varies from person to person, day to day, moment to moment. Hmm. So if you sense that your worth is diminished, that is because there are parts of you you have blocked off that are waiting to be rediscovered. And you will find that the energy for this year will assist you in doing just that now if you resist this energy
1: that was my question
0: (laughs) it's not going to be a big um problem you may have um, the feeling that you're sort of swimming upstream a bit or You can't get momentum going this last, uh, well, the first part of the year is very, (laughs) very much.
1: I can't wait for June 21st. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) It's not really just going to be uh, determined by retrogrades or um, the way the position of the moon and the stars and the planets this is a planetary energy. This is Gaia, and it, di- and it affects humans directly, right? Because mm-hmm. this is your heavenly body. This is the energy emanations of your heavenly body, right? Okay. Exist on. So right. anything that happens on Gaia will affect you much, much, much more than any other planetary energy.
1: I see, yes.
0: So this is not a punishment. This is not something that is designed to re-trigger trauma. Uh, This is not about spinning your wheels. This is a very specific and particular kind of energy that is designed to help you unburden yourself. You can do a lot to co-create with that, right? Mm -hmm. You can decide you want to unpack that box. You can go and get that violin. And what might happen when you put bow to string is that all the emotions surrounding that particular box are going to just easily flow out of you as you play your violin even if it's the worst rendition of twinkle twinkle little star that anyone's ever heard it doesn't matter the moment you place the bow on the strings the flow begins so Yes, you may need a therapist to unpack some boxes. Some will just happen naturally. Like right? when mm-hmm. you make the decision to put that pen to paper, to uh, finally start um, training for the triathlon, or you mm-hmm. finally go out and buy that bicycle you've always wanted to ride. Yes, or I want that finally, too. <laughs> you go back to school to study French because you have always wanted to learn to speak it. It doesn't matter what it is. You will find that when you make the decision to start. The emotions, the grief, all will flow easily. That is the nature of this energy. It is not punishing. It is not designed to re-trigger trauma. It is designed to assist you when you're ready to let these burdens go and actually give yourself the joy that you once knew or you suspect is there waiting for you when you step into that action, that creative experience. Mm.
1: I wanted to say a couple of minutes ago, of course, I didn't want to interrupt that when it comes to assessing everybody needs and let's all assess our boxes and see which ones are there. Um, it shouldn't be too difficult to identify because, like I said, it's been on my mind since I put it down. So that's not hard to discover about yourself, but similar for everyone else as well, correct?
0: Yes, and for those of you that think, oh, well, I don't know, I don't have that, I don't have a particular thing that I'm missing, or uh, I don't know what that is. Then what I would tell you, and I'm not being flippant, I promise, beloved ones, just pick something, something that sparks, something that even that interests you in the slightest, something that you think, oh, that's a little secret something that would feel almost decadent if I allowed myself to play in that arena or try that or uh, discover it or be curious about it. Pick that. Start there. See how it feels because as soon as you pick something, and you start there, that will lead you exactly where you need to go.
1: Okay. I think that's perfect for what people needed to hear. I wanted to, I, I recollected something as I was listening to you. You hinted at this the first time you came on the show. Mm. And you said the words, because I've thought about it ever since, because it's part of My bird, and and this is this little sprinkling that you gave me. You said singing was your spiritual outlet. After that, a number of listeners got in touch with me. Like, send me a recording. I want to hear it. (laughs) No, I didn't publish anything. (laughs) But you said that. So you touched on this the first time you ever came on the show. And so I wanted to bring that up. And I also wanted to say happy anniversary to you. It's six years now wonderful and how interesting to come full circle and explore it like this today
0: yes beautiful
1: nicely done mother
0: well thank you my love that is one of my specialties yes
1: yes it is i'm sorry i cut you off you were saying it
0: all back together right yeah happy anniversary to you my dear It is always a joy to be here with you and to explore life with your listeners. Mm -hmm. Mm. I love you, all of you. And I'm with you always. Mm -hmm. Mm. Namaste. Namaste, Mother.
1: hi hello wow all righty all right um that was fantastic
0: yes thank you-, you
1: so much Danielle for your for your time and your love and your uh, wisdom
0: sharing your insights with all of us you are so welcome my dear and I will see you soon yes you will thank you my dear love you love Love to everybody out there who's listening have a wonderful rest of your day bye bye
1: this was mind-blowing for sure oh for details about school of love upcoming events and to join danielle and mother's community visit BelovedPublications.com. Visit SpiritualInsightsRadio.com to learn more about my energetic healing work and book a private session with me, Yeshua, and the divine team. We would be honored to help you move forward on your journey. Perhaps some of you might wish to receive some assistance from Mother, uh, Yeshua, and anyone on the divine team privately when it comes to looking at what boxes you've put in storage, what parts of self you've you've disowned, Were repressed and suppressed, that would be a, a beautiful way to guide you gently through the process. And there's nothing they like more than to assist in your ascension. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.